Open your Bibles, if you would, please, this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Got one hallelujah. (laughs) That's okay. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And we have been in a ministry emphasis uh, for a number of weeks now uh, uh, on the gifts of the Spirit. The subject, the gifts of the Spirit. I've been in a sermon series. Of course, the Lord had us, uh, He changed my message last week and was so grateful for all the testimonies that came as God ministered to us about being chosen. Isn't it good to be chosen? Amen. Amen. The one that really matters chose us and loves us. Praise God. And uh, we're grateful for that. But I had peace in my heart to continue with the emphasis He's had us on overall on the Holy Spirit and His gifts. Amen. Let's pray once again and we'll get into the Word today. Father, we thank You so much for the Word of God. God, the gifts of the Spirit are for all of us. They're for all of us. No matter where we are in our spiritual development, no matter what the emphasis of our life, what season of life we are in, God, whether we're raising kids, whether we're going to work and conducting business, uh, living life in the marketplace, whatever it is that we are doing, Father, you're to be at the very center of all of it. And Father, you have given the gifts of the Spirit as equipment to help us accomplish the mission of being salt and light in the earth. Father, thank you today for giving wisdom and understanding to all of us about these wonderful supernatural gifts and how to cooperate with them as you will. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. uh, amen. Praise God. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, reading some verses that I hope are becoming familiar to us if you've been in this series, If you're new to uh, us this morning, uh, of course, all of our messages are on our podcast, they're on our website, uh, they're on our Facebook, and so you could go back and study and listen and catch up with us because we're pretty deep uh, into our study, praise God. But 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 1 says, Now concerning things that pertain to the Spirit or spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Uh, you know, I've decided in my life, I'm not going to be defeated because I don't know. Amen. Amen. Uh, maybe something else will defeat me. I hope not. But I am not going to be defeated by the devil. I'm not going to be defeated in life because I'm ignorant. Amen. Ignorant doesn't make a person unintelligent. The word ignorant means a void or a lack of understanding or knowledge in an area. Right? I was just reading, uh, well, I think it was this morning even, about how they're opening up the, the NASA's, the International Space Station, to commercial tourism and travel. I don't know how that works. I am totally ignorant about how that might work. How do I get a ticket to get on a rocket to go to the space station to look around and talk about a hotel room? It's 34000 a night up there is what the current price is. I'm not going today, obviously, but anyway. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm totally ignorant about how all that works. Does that make me unintelligent? No, of course not. It just means in that area, I don't know. Right? Well, as a Christian, I don't want to be misinformed or uninformed or just not knowing about how to be a successful believer in this earth. Amen. Amen. The Bible calls you and I overcomers. The Bible calls you and I more than conquerors. And so where there is defeat and, and chronic hardship in my life, I, I'm, I'm not satisfied with that. Come on. I want to learn. Anyone here like that? I want to learn what I don't know that will enable me, 
praise God, to walk in the full victory, come on, that Jesus has made available to me. Amen. Amen. And so this was the heart on on the Holy Spirit's heart uh, through Paul. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be misinformed or uninformed, ignorant about these things. Now, people are going to stay ignorant unless we teach on them. Right? That's just the way it is. And so that's why, no doubt, the Lord has us on this. Skip down to verse 4. It says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. So notice this shows us that the Holy Spirit is in charge of these gifts. Amen? And then it says in verse 5, There are differences of administrations. I looked this up, and that word administration literally means offices. You know, there are offices of ministry. Amen. I'm ministering today out of the pastoral office. When Jesus was raised from the dead, He gave gifts unto men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Amen. And uh, so, who's in charge of the offices? Well, notice it says, but the same Lord. That's a reference to Jesus. Jesus is the Lord. Amen. And there are diversities of overall operations, if I could say it that way. But it is the same God who works all in all. That's a reference to the Father. How many of you know He's the architect and in charge of all of it? Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone to profit with all. So I'm being redundant on purpose if you've been with me. We shouldn't be nervous about. We shouldn't be standoffish about the manifestations of the Spirit of God in our midst as a church family or in our lives personally. Because when the gifts of the Spirit are made manifest, there's gain. There's profit. Amen. It's part of what He has made available to Christians, to His sons and daughters, to help them win and not lose. Amen. And there are nine listed here, manifestations of the Spirit of God. Now notice they're called manifestations of the Spirit. That means that all nine of these, no matter how much you do or don't understand about the nine gifts of the Spirit, they are all supernatural manifestations of God's Spirit and power. So if the description, your thought, doesn't fit with that parameter, then you haven't yet gained a proper understanding of what the gifts of the Spirit are. They are manifestations of a divine person, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It would be the Holy Spirit manifesting His power, His Spirit, through you or through someone else uh, to profit everyone involved. Y'all with me? Okay. And then he begins to list the nine gifts of the Spirit. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. And we've taught you about that. That's insight from God about the future. To another the word of knowledge. That would be supernatural insight from God about things present or past. Amen. Then to another faith, special faith. I just taught you that on Wednesday night. To another, this is what we're going to focus on this morning. To another, notice this, the gifts of healing. The gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds or different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all of these works that one and self-same Spirit 
dividing, that would be better translated distributing, to every man severally or individually as he wills. How many of you, by the raising of your hand, you're a bona fide, born again Christian. Jesus is your Lord. Amen. That means, according to this verse, that the Spirit of God has distributed to you individually gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And so that means you should get acquainted. You should begin to learn something about them. Praise God. Every believer that rejects the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in their life, or if they don't want to partake of a church that embraces the gifts of the Spirit, they have chosen to forfeit measures of God's plan for their life. Isn't it amazing? As big and broad uh, as our God is, and as abundant as our inheritance in Christ is, so many of God's own people, unknowingly, I'm sure, they forfeit large measures of God's provision in their life. For instance, when people say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to have anything to do with that tongues business. Well, you've just unknowingly forfeited a huge part of something good that God's brought into your life simply because you don't know or you haven't been uh, sufficiently instructed from God's word about the purpose of tongues, amen, the legitimacy of tongues, how prevalent in the Bible it really is. You just heard some half-cocked preacher say all that passed away. And that sounded good to you because it didn't put any responsibility on you. But I'm telling you, when you say no, and then, then people who say no to God are on their knees in sincerity asking God for help. Right? I, I'm not going to say no to any divine help. Amen. People ask me, they find out I was saved Baptist, raised Methodist, and then I'm, uh, you know, uh, call me spirit filled, whatever you want to call me today. How did you end up there? I always tell people, I ended up here by believing the, uh, reading the Bible. I did what a lot of congregation members didn't do. They came to church and heard their preacher, but they didn't read their Bible. How did I get to where I am theologically today in my belief system? Well, I got here by believing the Bible above the preacher. You know, I had to overcome a lot of obstacles that people in pulpits put in front of me to get where I am today. Amen. I'm not bragging on me. I'm so grateful for the grace of God in my life to get me past all that religious junk and bunk. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, and it's either true or it's false, right? It's either the truth or it is a lie. And that scripture says, Jesus Christ, the same. Amen. Yesterday, today, and until midnight, 1999. No. No. <laughs> no. no. That scripture says that He is, come on, the same. The same. Everyone say the same. the same. He is the same. Yesterday. Is it today? It's today. Today. And get, what about tomorrow? Oh, yeah, and tomorrow. So the Jesus that we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is He the same or not? If that scripture, come on, is not true, I'm going to throw my Bible in the garbage on the way out of this building. I'll send in my resignation and I'm going to go back to drinking Coors Light. Because let us eat and drink and party for tomorrow we die like everyone else. If it's not true. But listen, come on, if it's true. Do we believe it's true? That our Jesus, He's the same? Well, was He, was he a healer in Matthew? Was He a healer in Mark? 
Was he a, a deliverer in Luke? Come on, was he a truth teller? Was he the resurrection, the truth and the life in the book of John? Whatever we see him, come on, as in the Gospels, he is the same Jesus. Come on, that's good news. I tell you what, they, they brought before him a lady, they didn't even put clothes on her, bless her heart. And they caught her in the act of committing fornication and adultery, in the act, and they brought her without clothes and put him in the presence, her in the presence of Jesus. And says, the law tells us one like this ought to be stoned. What do you say? And you know our loving Jesus, He said, and you know that law's right. But He found a way not to violate the law, but got the wisdom of God. He gave him an answer. He said, well, you know what? He who has the first stone, let him pick up a stone and throw it at her. So He said, you could. But see, they all had sin. They all left one by one. And here is this vulnerable lady there who had committed this horrible act of sin. And Jesus looked upon her with compassion and said, Woman, where are thine accusers? And he said, well, she said, well, there aren't any. They're all gone. She, he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Listen, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. And that's Jesus today. That's Him today. But it is undeniable. You could just parachute into some random passage Come on, in the Gospels, and you're going to find out pretty quick, Jesus is a miracle worker, and He is a healer. He's a healer. And if we ever see Jesus healing one person, that under the same conditions, He has to heal me. You want to know why? Because He's the same. He's the same. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And tomorrow when you wake up, He's still going to be a healer. Then it makes sense to us, doesn't it? It's not hard to figure out. And yet so many uh, stand behind pulpits like this and just tell sweet people, you know, we do read about healing in that wonderful Jesus is a healer, but He just did that to prove who He was. And now that He proved who He was, that's all passed away. Healing's doctors, goodbye. And leave people in the natural. The gifts of the Spirit are meant to keep His people over in the flow of the miraculous. Right? We don't have to wonder what God's mind is about healing Grandpa. In God's mind, He already healed Grandpa. I don't have time to take you there. This is why you need to come to healing school. We're having healing school tonight, 4.30 if you want to come, where we're teaching people what does the Bible really say because there's just so much junk out there. Amen. But we're going to talk about this gift of the Spirit called gifts of healing. Now, in the King James, if you have a King James Bible, it does. It says gifts, plural, of healing. But in the Greek language, the original language in which this text was written, it's gifts of healings. Both words are plural. Amen? The Lord instructed me to remind you of something. In 2013, that was what now? September, no, it would be October 18th, 2013. Uh, Gosh, coming up, that's going to be six years ago. Well, in 2000, let me back up, in 2003, late 2003, 2004, God brought my wife and I into a divine connected, a divinely ordained relationship with a minister named Dr. Ed Dufresne. Uh, His uh, wife, Pastor Nancy Dufresne, is still in our life uh, today and a wonderful minister in her own right. 
But God brought us together, and uh, he was, uh, until October the 18th, he was our spiritual father, our father in the faith. And what a mighty man of God he was and is. On October 18th, tragically, of course, his airplane crashed as he was leaving Kansas to go to another meeting in Texas. And, uh, you know, it was a tragic day. Well, that was a Friday. And back then, I was holding, I believe at the Lord's direction, a once, once a month, a Friday healing and miracle service on a Friday night. And so I was here in my office by myself, uh, praying and preparing to get ready for that service. And I was going to minister on the subject of healing. And I was studying along a certain line. And I, you know, if you've ever been studying the Bible, it's just not clicking. Just not clicking. That's one of the ways I, I discover what I'm, what I'm to preach on. Man, if there's a flow of study and it's inspiring and I'm, there's life to it, I know I'm on the right track. But I mean, if it's dry and dead and hard, I know I'm on the wrong track. So I just push back. I had, I, now at this point, I had no idea that Dr. Dufresne's airplane went down that morning. I hadn't heard. I hadn't gotten a phone call. This was about 2 p.m. according to my journal. I wrote this down. And I just pushed back from my desk, take a break, just recheck my heart because this isn't working. <laughs> And the word of the Lord came to me. And this is what the word of the Lord came to me and said that day. He said, I want you to minister on the gifts of healings. And it will manifest itself, that gift. And it will be a sign to you, to me, that I am called to the healing ministry and to walk in the footsteps of my spiritual father. Now, when that last phrase was spoken, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but down in my heart, just so clear, I just wrote it down. That to walk in the footsteps of your spiritual father, it came in a tone that disturbed me, that bothered me. Because it was spoken in a tone to imply Dr. Dufresne was not here anymore. And of course he wasn't. But I didn't know it yet. So I just, that disturbed me in my heart. But I set out to do some study and was studying along that line and then took another break and as often we do sometimes when we take a break in this generation, I clicked on Facebook and just was scrolling through Facebook and saw the news report that my spiritual father was in fact in heaven, not here on the earth anymore. And uh, praise God, there are those people who have been endowed by God with certain special ministries. Uh, I didn't ask for it. Uh, but I received it and was glad to receive it. I made God a, a promise a long time ago when He delivered me from death and darkness and depression and suicide that whatever His plan was for my life, that I would go for it, go with it. Yeah. Now, you don't have to be a minister to operate in this particular gift of the Spirit. But there is a gift of the Spirit called gifts of healings. Now, if you've been with me, you know that we've been strong and focused about the names, right? Because the names are so important to keeping your thinking straight. For instance, again, the gift is not called the gift of wisdom. If you leave here and call that the gift of wisdom that's in this list, you're going to be confused because wisdom, of course, is a gift from God, but it's available to all upon request. The word of wisdom can't be that then. Amen. Well, don't leave here and call this gift the gift of healing. Now, you, of course, anytime God heals somebody, it's a gift in that sense, right? It's a gift. 
Nobody earns healing from God. But that's not this manifestation. No one person has the gift of healing. You understand that? Listen, if I had the gift of healing, people would receive me on this planet as God. I can make myself rich. Right? Uh, if, if I could just go into a hospital and empty it out. If I had the gift of healing in my life. You understand that? That's not what this is. Notice it's gifts of healings. So what is it then, Pastor Chris? Well, the gifts of healings is a healing endowment. It's a special endowment of God's power to affect a healing or a cure in people's bodies as He wills. Not as I will, but as He wills. And notice this is the only gift of nine manifestations that is in the plural. So within this gifts of healings, there are many of those endowments underneath that umbrella of the gifts of healings. Now, why is that? Well, we don't know for sure, but we've been studying over the years ministers, God's given light, and I think we can say with a high level of confidence that the reason it's gifts of healings is because oftentimes God will endow a person with a gift to uh, affect a cure or a healing, not themselves, but as God manifests that power through them to heal a particular area of disease. That's why it's not the gift of healing. It's gifts of healings. So, for instance, uh, in, from 1940, about 1947 to about 1958, there was a healing revival going on in America. And a lot of the evangelists that you may have heard of, like Oral Roberts and Jack Coe and a lot of these men, Brother Hagen, were raised up during that healing revival. And the keynote thing, it was obviously, it was a healing emphasis. It was a healing revival. And God raised up many men and women during that uh, 10 or 11 year period and endowed them with gifts of healings. All right. And oftentimes those ministers, they would have unusual, supernatural results in particular areas of healing. So for instance... Uh, some would have this particular supernatural gift and ability to get blind eyes open. But those same people would tell you, if, anyone's, if any deaf person's ever been healed in my ministry, I don't know it. See, they had a gift of healing in the area of sight and vision. One of the ways that God used my spiritual father, Dr. Ed Dufresne, so unusual, is that God would remove... Uh, rods, pins, and screws that had been put there by surgeons in people's bodies. Now, thank God for surgery. <laughs> thank God for what they can do. But a lot of times, you know, when, when your bones are broken, ankles are broken, now today they'll put screws in, they'll put rods in. Anybody in here got any pins and rods and screws? Yeah, praise God. We're the bionic, you know, generation, aren't we? Uh, my dad's got uh, two, two uh, engineered hip, uh, two... Two engineered knees, one hip, and part of a shoulder, I think. I ain't going to live forever. <laughs> but anyway, there, I, I was, I've been in services. And someone coming in, and Dr. Dufresne, that anointing would come on him. And, and he would say, if you've got screws, rods, and pins, get up here. And sometimes the person could feel. Sometimes, you know, those rods those, or those pins or screws could be felt under the skin. And when that was the case, he's, you know, if it was appropriate, he said, well, could, yeah, I can feel that right there. He would minister to them, and 
God would dissolve those and put new bone back in there. You could go to YouTube, I think, and watch this, but Brother Copeland has documented case and video overseas within the last few years. He ministered to a man that had a, a prosthetic elbow. And he prayed for the man with the prosthetic elbow. It means he had a fake joint in his elbow. The man went home from the meeting, went to bed, and when he woke up, the prosthetic was lying outside of his body on the bed. God took it out and gave him a new joint. He took the thing back and the doctors confirmed, it's the serial number, it's the joint that they put in there. Listen, can God do some stuff? I mean, God can do some stuff. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, when Dr. Dufresne went to heaven, I was very um, uh, prayerful and slow about making any sort of move about who should I submit myself to. Now, I'm not a rebellious person. I want a mentor and a father in my life. And about a year later, uh, God spoke to me and uh, I'd prayed many prayers, and he finally spoke to me and said, listen, I want you to continue to allow Pastor Nancy Dufresne, Dr. Dufresne's wife, to speak in your life as a pastor, because that was her primary gift for many years. But then he said, you also, though, I'm, it's okay, son, I'm going to assign you to Dr. Michael Jacobs. Now, Dr. Michael Jacobs, many of you have met him. If you've not, you will later this year if you want to. Wonderful man of God. And followed Dr. Dufresne as a son for 20 years. Me for 10, him for 20. And uh, so I, I just submitted to my life and ministry to him as a spiritual father. And right here in, in, in our church, we have had, we've seen wonderful manifestations of the gifts of healings through him. Now, uh, there was a time where he was in a service and uh, Dr. Dufresne was ministering. He said, Dr. Uh, Michael Jakes, come up here. And he put his hands in. It wasn't man, but it was God moving in that moment. He said, from now on, God's given you from this night forward an endowment to heal bones. Anything with bones. And I mean, they've just had some of the most marvelous manifestations and miracles in the area of people's spines, hips, joints, bones. Come on. Then sometime later, God added another gift of healing to Dr. Jacob's mantle. He said, now I'm giving you an endowment to heal lungs and respiratory issues. One of the first meetings he went to was in Merced, California. And he didn't know it at the time. But there was a lady in the service that really shouldn't have been there. She was just two days out of lung removal surgery. They took out three quarters, 75% of one of her lungs. She shouldn't have even been in the service. You know, if she could get to service, I wonder how, why some of us don't make it. <laughs> Moving on. Well, well, he got that word, okay. We're going to put this gift of healing to, to the test. And so he said, if you have lung asthma, respiratory issues of any kind, lung cancer, anything like that, get, get up here. She didn't tell him. He just laid his hands on her, prayed, amen, commanded her to be made whole, healed. She went back to the doctor for a follow-up checkup on her surgery. And they had to recheck her, make sure it was the same lady because God put a brand new lung in there. Put a brand, come on, put a brand new lung in there. Now see, do you get the gist of this. This is the gifts of healings in operation. This is a special endowment of God's healing power meant to affect a cure or a repair in people's body. Listen, as He wills, not as we will. Now I don't want to confuse anyone by that statement. Don't, don't think that that means, yeah, see, see, I knew that was right. God does heal, but only as He wills. 
No, no. The gifts of healings only manifest as He wills. But it is God's overarching, overriding will and desire that we all be healed at all times. You understand it's very important that you get this, especially if you're new, hear me right. The gifts of healings is only one biblical way that you could receive healing in your body. Just one. Just one. Do you know that there are eight, nine, maybe ten, depending on how you classify them, different Bible ways that God has made available for you and I to receive healing? Amen. Can I say something else to you, people who've been in this church a long time and we're, we've been blessed in this church to be brought into the company of people who are mightily used of God along this line? Don't overinvest your healing in the gifts of healings manifesting. Because you might die while you wait. The gifts of healings don't operate as the minister wills or as you will or even need it. It operates as the Spirit wills. Amen? But how many of you know the Bible says, is there there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And they they will anoint him with oil. Pray the prayer of faith and the Lord will heal the sick. And if they have committed sins, right, they'll be forgiven. There's no time. You do that anytime you want. Another uh, great way to receive healing from God is to pray for yourself. Amen? Amen. And I mean, the books of the world probably couldn't contain all the testimonies of mamas praying for their babies and God healing them. Just in their homes. Amen? Now see, here's here's where I'm at. And you could get, I'm not bragging on me, but I'm telling you, I've been studying what the Bible says about healing for 25 years. And I'm still studying. I still don't know everything about it, but I'm, I'm I'm down the road a ways. Here's where I am. When I need healing, I just take it. I'm not waiting on, oh, okay, yeah, i got to get in a meeting with Dr. Jacobs because, because I have a bone issue. Uh-huh. Now, if I didn't have faith, I would. And I'm not against it. But I'm not putting my healing lock, stock, and barrel on the, any gift of healing manifesting. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. How many of you have children in the house? Anybody have children in the house? Or you were a child in a house at one time? Did you really have to talk mom and dad uh, into giving you permission to have bread? A slice of bread? Anybody? No, come on. Isn't it just kind of provided? It's kind of a staple item. I always tell this story about Rex. And uh, Rex is just such a sweet spirit. And uh, he's right here. And if... if uh, If you didn't know, everybody, let's put the spotlight right on. He's right here. If if Rex has a flaw, and I don't know if he has a flaw, it might be this. He is so cautious to want to do everything just right. Doesn't want to do anything wrong. And uh, so he would come to me as a little tyke. As I died. Hi, Dad. Dad, would it be okay for me to have some water? Now listen, that was okay when he was this big. Right? 
But he got this big. And he's like, Dad, can I have some water? And then he got this big. Dad, be okay? If I, had, I finally had to stop him. Because he grieved me. He, he grieved me. I said, son, don't ever ask me for water again in your life. Never. Water is provided. Water's provided. The well is dug. We have water pressure. You're old enough to reach the glass, boy. See, he got to a, a, a level of ability cognitively and physically to understand I can get my own water, right? And as a daddy, it grieved me for him to think, to have this idea that I might not give it to him. And you know what? It grieves the Father. It's got to grieve our Father. Think about how I just described the Lord's broken body and what He did to provide healing for us. It's got to grieve Him when we come to a certain place and we're still coming to God on our hands and knees as a beggar and a pauper saying, Oh, Father, please, could you just see fit maybe to get this cancer out of me? What parent wouldn't trade places with a spouse, with a kid who's sick? I would. You know what? He did. He literally did. He literally took our place in sin. He took our place on the cross. And that sickness, that disease, that pain that tries to come on us in life. Listen, 2,019 years ago, according to our Greek calendar, He took your place in sickness. How it must grieve Him for us to come begging and wondering and saying, Oh, Father, if it be Your will. And I understand the reason we say that is because that's what religion taught us to pray. That's how religion taught us to think. But listen, the Bible says again, healing is the children's bread. You don't have to ask. You don't have to beg. You don't have to talk Him into it. Just take it. Be grateful for it. And I just commended my son. I don't know that he's ever asked me for water again. Thank God. He just, when he gets thirsty, he goes and gets it. It pleases the father. This was what's wrong with the older boy in the prodigal son story. He's all haunt, he's all haunt to Tron. He's all sulking out on the back 40 by himself, having a little pity party because his little backslidden brothers come home and they're all having a party. And he's thinking about daddy never had a party for me. Daddy never killed the fattest cat for me. You ever feel unappreciated? Yeah, come on, you do. And so he's out there, and then finally the dad comes out, and what's your problem? And he told him the whole thing. Well, I've been here, I've been faithful. He went out and squandered your money. I've been here, I've stayed here, I've been faithful to you, and you never, you, I never had a party with my friends. You never killed, filled a kid. And you know what the dad said? He didn't say, you're right. You're right, son, I'm so sorry. I should have thrown you a party. No, he said, you buck up. This is all on you, bubby rub. You know what he told him? He said, son... You have, you've been with me always. And all that I have is thine. You know what he told him? He said, son, you know where we keep the calves. You ever wanted to have a barbecue? All you had to do is go. You know where the ring box is. You know where the nice clothes are. That's right. Amen. And a lot of us, maybe we're not like that younger brother, but maybe we're a little bit like that older brother. Waiting on God to just make healing manifest in our life. When all the time he's saying, it's the children's bread. It's a staple in my house. Just receive it. 
that's good news. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, man, to get to that place where I had that light and understanding, it's taken me years to get there. Because there's so much religious tradition that has told us, yeah, God, will, you know, we just pray, but, you know, God put that on me for some unknown reason. I just trust Him. No, you don't. You're ignorant of what He's provided. The devil put that on you. I said, the devil put that on you. Amen. So see, the gifts of healings could manifest. Those, these gifts are in the body of Christ. But here's another thing, looking at the clock here, uh, that you need to understand about the gifts of healings. In churches like ours, if you stay in a church like ours very long, it's, it's, it's going to be progressively less likely that you'll be healed through the gifts of healings because we teach you what's available. Amen. <laughs> And the more we teach you about what's available, the more God expects of you to grab hold of it. I was praying about this yesterday and the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, you know, the gifts of the spirit are going to work stronger. That gifts of healings that he put in my life. He said, you're called to walk in the footsteps of your spiritual father. That doesn't mean I'm a prophet. Doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to operate exactly the same. He just said, with the gifts of healings, your spiritual father had a healing ministry. You were here when he dedicated the building in 2012. He ministered to me and two others that great works of power shall be wrought by these hands. I just have to, I didn't ask for that. And it doesn't make me more special than anybody else, but it makes me responsible. Yes, sir. Right. Praise God. And I'm going to leave time in the service today that if you want me to lay hands on you, God said great works of power shall be wrought by these hands. Amen. Amen. But we encourage you to stick around. It's amazing people who come here to get healed and then they go back to places that don't preach healing and then they get sick again they have to come back here. Right. You know, when I find a restaurant does, does me a good job, give me a good steak, I'm going to go there again and again. I'm done with the other place. I'm going to go get a steak from them again and again and again and again and again because I'm smart. Yeah. Some people come to a place like our church where they can get healed and then go back to getting bombed in doubt and unbelief. I don't understand that kind of thinking. You're not going to stay well very long on purpose going back to a place that teaches something contrary to the Bible. Amen. Knowing what you're doing. Right. Well, you can say amen or oh me. Praise God. Still good preaching. The Lord's happy with me. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. But see, praise God, uh, as you come, your purpose ought to be to renew your mind and feed your faith. Oh, but that's what the Lord, forgive me, thank you. The Lord was uh, telling me yesterday, uh, He said, Son, that gifts of healings is going to operate a lot stronger in your field ministry than in your pastoral ministry. Because the people that I've called to sit under your pastoral ministry know better. Right. They know better. Right. Amen. Like I was over in the sands of India, those people don't know nothing. They don't know anything about the Bible. It's just so simple to say, I put my hand on blind eyes and say a simple prayer and that gifts of healings kick you. It's not me, but that gifts of healings and there's a blind man instant. Why don't we see that here? We could. We should. But people are so bound up in their religious thinking. That's why in today's session, Lord willing, I'm going to continue to talk about roadblocks and hindrances to healing. Because the American church, unfortunately, has been used more of the devil than God putting roadblocks in people's way between them and their healing. And unfortunately, you've got to climb over all those roadblocks and wrong teaching and religious tradition 
to get to a place where you could see, receive something very simple. <laughs> but you could do it. I said, you could do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you understand that the gifts of healings has nothing to do with doctors. The gifts of healings has nothing to do with doctors, nurses. It doesn't have anything to do with nutrition, vitamins, running, lifting weights, exercising. It has nothing to do with surgery, nothing to do with medical science or human learning. That's not the gifts of healings. If doctors and hospitals were gifts of healings, then we would have to say our colleges are places of salvation. And no, they're not. A lot of our kids lose their faith when they go to university. Now listen, don't, don't get me wrong. I am so grateful, aren't you? So grateful, so thank you. That the, the medical community, our doctors, we have many nurses here, uh, they are gifts from God. But listen, they are working to achieve healing and health from the natural side, from the natural arena. There is, a, I believe in natural healing. The body, our bodies are miracles of creation. And God has created our physical being with the ability to renew and completely renew and repair itself. Come on. Cut, it'll repair. Amen. And so much of why we're degenerating, why we're having all this stuff, is because of malnutrition, all kinds of other things. There's a whole a lot we can do in the natural to not need spiritual healing. But thank God there is divine healing. This is just a different method. This is healing from a divine source that comes from a divine power. And it wasn't your vitamins, sweetie, that did it. God did it. Now, I take vitamins, you should too. I exercise, you should too. We're, we're endeavoring to learn more, my wife and I, all the time about health and healing from the natural. But that's not this. Amen. I mean, vitamins, doctors, nurses had nothing to do that night. Nothing to do that night those years ago. Lying in bed and mama wakes me up with an elbow. Says, honey, honey, baby faith, baby face, got a fever. Pray, man of God, man of God. I went, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, the Bible stripes, she's healed, and went back to sleep. And a few minutes later, she's elbowing me again. Man of God, man of God, oh, man of God, man of God. Baby faith, baby faith, little faith. I'm talking about my daughter, faith. Got a, got a temperature, got a, got a fever, got a fever, got to pray. So I just, Father, thank you. I, re- I believe I receive. Command this mountain of sickness to move. I don't know what I said. And I went back snoozing. A few minutes later, that's not doing it. Mom's not happy. Man of God, man of God. Elbow, elbow, elbow. Man of God. Finally, I just got out of bed. I mean, it's 2 in the morning. Here I am with my, you know, I don't even know if I had a shirt on or not. Remember my boxer shorts in the middle of the night. And I just checked my heart. Father. Father. And you know what I heard on the inside of me? I heard him say, Dance. You want, to, you want to be a Christian? Life's an adventure, talking with, walking with God. Here I am in maybe an undershirt tank and boxer shorts in the middle of the night. My wife's standing there going, yeah, man of God. Sick baby. And I heard dance, and I said, this is, this is just me. I'm just real. I said, Father, Father, what does dancing have to do with Healing. And I just heard it again, dance. So I went, 
And he was not happy with that. Little white boy shuffle. And so I said, Father, can I at least go out in the hall? Because my wife's sitting there looking at me. Can I at least go out in the hall? She said, no. He said, no, do it right there in front of your wife. So I just broke out. Glory to God. I didn't even pray a prayer. He didn't say pray a prayer. He just said dance. Well, I just danced up a jig. And I thought, you're crazy. I don't know what she thought. And I crawled back in bed. And you know what, Brother Paul? She's elbowing me again. Man of God, man of God. Fever broke. She's healed. You never said, man of God, that's me, but that's how she... Get up, Chris. That's what I always said. My wife has elbowed me into the will of God I don't know how many times. I got filled with the Holy Ghost in an auditorium of about 4,000 people. She elbowed me out in the aisle. Listen, my daughter was instantly, I mean instantly delivered, instantly healed. Benadryl didn't do it. Tylenol didn't do it. An antibiotic did not do it. Obedience to a faith command from God did it. God did it. God did it. I didn't do it. What does the dance have to do? Listen, will you just obey? So much of the time. Hallelujah. Don't know how come I told you that story, but it's a good story. I mean, real, true story in the, in the life of the Cody's. Come on. There's a lot of different ways. You could pray the prayer of agreement and get healed. Just join hands. Whatsoever any two of you on earth agree concerning anything that they, anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them by their Father which is in heaven. Come on, anything, isn't that right, Malachi? Anything you ask includes healing. Otherwise, it's not anything. He should have said anything you shall ask except healing. But he didn't. I tell you what, there's nothing more powerful than a husband and a wife who will join hands together and get in agreement. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Then there's just the tangible anointing. It's not the gifts of healings because the tangible healing anointing, it'll heal any disease that it comes in. It's like a bug zapper. Zap. And that's what that woman with the issue of blood, she got a hold of Jesus' garment and that tangible anointing that was on him had so saturated even his clothes when she grabbed hold of it, man, it zapped that disease that she had and she was instantly healed. And it was out of that healing anointing that's much broader and much thicker. Amen in its scope, in its diversity. Hallelujah. That healing anointing that operated through Jesus' life that healed whole multitudes. It's that healing anointing. The shadow of Peter healed everyone that came into contact with it. Praise God. Praise God. You know, one of the things that I see in the multiple ways that God has ordained for us to be healed, what it tells me is how much He wants us well. He's just put all kinds of different avenues in His Word hoping that you'll grab hold of one of them. Right? And it could be today, even as you stand to your feet, that you might have faith in that healing anointing that's on my life. Again, it doesn't make me any more special than anybody else. It just makes me responsible before God. 
And I'll just never forget that day, one of the most sweetest moments in all my life. Really, he told me before Facebook did that my spiritual father wasn't there. And he, he was basically saying, Chris, that healing ministry must continue in part through your ministry. Praise God. And so I have faith this morning, amen, to release to you what I have. Do you have faith to just simply receive it? If you do, before we go, just come up here. Praise God. Sickness in any area. If you just uh, want.